So as I mentioned a little in the announcements, our sermon series for this time of stewardship is a time of celebration, a time of celebrating what God has done, celebrating what all the people of our church has done, celebrating what we will continue to do in the world. All the good that has been done, all the good that we will continue to do in the future, all of that we're celebrating together. And so it's all based on a saying that is at least attributed to John Wesley, allegedly. But the saying goes, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. And so today we're focusing on what it means to do all the good you can in every place and time that we can. And so thinking about doing all the good and all the times that you can in as long as you ever can, that kind of got me thinking about this idea of a legacy. This idea of what does it mean to have our lives and our Um, actions have an impact beyond ourselves because we know we want our lives to matter we want to do some good that matters in our world and to me that's what's so attractive about the mission statement of the united methodist church as a whole and of our church specifically to make disciples of jesus christ for the transformation of the world Because that gives us this idea that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves. We're doing all the good we can in a way that leaves this meaningful legacy. We want to do this. We want to be a part of this. We want to make a difference. We want to make the world a better place. We want to make a positive impact for those that come after us. But how? And why? And what does that even look like anyway? And what do we as a church have to do with any of it anyway? And what do we as individuals, how can we have any power to be a part of that? Well, let's look in our scripture passage for today. We have two of them. The first is from the book of Hebrews chapter 10. I'll be starting in verse 19 and going all the way through verse 25. Brothers and sisters, we have confidence that we can enter the holies of holies by means of Jesus' blood through a new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain, which is his body. And we have a great high priest over God's house. Therefore, let's draw near with a genuine heart, with a certainty that our faith gives us. Since our hearts are sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies are washed with pure water. Let's hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering because the one who made the promises is reliable. And let us consider each other carefully for the process of sparking love and good deeds. Don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten in the habit of doing. Instead, encourage one another, especially as you see the day drawing near. So when we see this book of Hebrews, it was written to a church, not really as a book, 
Not really as a letter, but it was meant to be a written sermon. It was written to this church that had declining numbers. They were facing persecution, hard times, and they needed encouragement. They needed that good encouraging word from a preacher to keep the faith, to keep going, to not give up, to keep doing all the good they could in the world. And so for this encouragement, the preacher turns to grace, the faith, the hope they have found in Christ. And so I know for us today, this blood imagery the author uses is not like a favorite in our culture today. I get it. But it would have resonated with those readers back then. It's a reminder that all the good we do, the love we share to others, is all a projection of the love we first find in Christ. During the offertory, I often say over and over again, we give out of the gratitude of what Christ has first done for us. And this is the reminder that the author of Hebrews is saying here as well. We are a people who have found great hope, great life, great love in Christ. And what we have experienced within the walls of our church And what we are to do, well, we're to turn and share that with the world. We're thankful for all the good that God has blessed us with. And we are to take that blessing and share it with the world. We are blessed to be a blessing. Specifically, we see that verses 24 and 25 here in Hebrews are very active verses. They're about sparking love, continuing good deeds. Not stopping, meeting together, encouraging one another, doing all the good that you can in the world. In fact, you've probably heard that cheesy saying, love is a verb, not a feeling. But that really is true here. This kind of love here, this Greek word, can actually also mean goodwill. That literal act of doing good to another out of love. And that phrase, until the day draws near, is not just a, is just a fancy way of saying, until the end of time. This reminds us that this is a continual command for us as people of faith. It's a call for us to leave a legacy of love and of faith in our world. To leave that mark of doing all the good we can that goes beyond our lives as long as we ever can. As Galatians chapter 6 verses 9 and 10 reminds us, let's not get tired of doing good because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. So then let's work for the good of all whenever we have an opportunity and especially for those within the household of faith. Again, this is another verse that just spurs up all that active movement of doing all the good we can in all the places and times that we can, as long as we ever can. It's a part of our call as Christians. It's a part of who we are and what we do as a church. And so part of what I want to do today is celebrate all the good and all the times and all the places that we do that as a church because... That's part of how we leave a legacy. That's part of how we are big, part of something bigger than ourselves. When we seek to do something good for someone else, well, that is leaving a legacy. 
And the reality is we never really know what acts that we may be a part of, pieces of the puzzle that we may join in, parts of people's stories that we may be along the way. And so as a clergy person in this Florida conference, I've gotten to hear so many stories of amazing clergy that who have came through this church, legacies that this church have left because of the generosity of who they are and all the good that they can do in the world. And that's just the stories of clergy who have came to the church, not just talking about the amazing lay people who have gone out to do amazing people in this church. So you can see in the third picture down there is Senior Pastor Riley Short, who I announced a couple of weeks ago will be coming to be our interim. I want to tell a little story about him that I learned. When he was Senior Pastor here, he felt the nudge of the Spirit that it was time for this church to have their first female Senior Pastor. So he stopped a woman named Sue Hoppert Johnson from taking a clerkship with her local judge and asked her to consider instead coming here to be a pastor. So she listened to him, and lo and behold, some of you may know, she is now a bishop. An amazing legacy of faith, right? And so Sue is an aunt to another person who came through this church named Anna Swigert, Anna is now in the process seeking to become a clergy person as well. She was baptized in this church as well, went through the youth program. She's now currently serving as a chaplain with Streetlight, which is in the University of Florida um, healthcare system. So she is a chaplain to youth in hospice and palliative care. It just blows my mind what she's doing there. It is amazing, amazing ministry. Legacy of faith going through this church. And, like, I could go on and on and on, but I just have one more that I want to throw out there. Um, Corey Jones, who is also a pastor in our conference, he is currently the pastor of Pasadena Community UMC in St. Petersburg, senior pastor there. But he came um, through in our neighborhood ministries program, who I mentioned, you know, we're collecting things uh, for. He worked through neighborhood ministries program. He was one of the first to actually tell me about that ministry, and whenever I... It was announced that I was coming to First United Methodist. He was one of the first people to tell me about neighborhood ministries and also say, you're going to love it at First Church. It's going to be a great appointment. Like, the people are going to love you. You're going to love it there. And again, an amazing legacy of faith that came through this church. And again, I could go on and on and on, but this is only three stories. But we never knew what these people's stories would be when they hearken the doors of these church. And that was never the point. That's never the point when people hearken the doors of these church of this church. The point that it ever is for us is just to do all the good that we can to love God and love people well because that is just who we are and that is just what we do. May we never tire of doing good because that is just the right thing to do. That is just who God has called us to be. May we never tire of learning how to widen that circle of God's love and God's care and God's call. Because in the end, that makes our legacy better reflect the kingdom of God. And so as I prepare to wrap up this sermon today, I would like to wrap it up with a video testimony from David Bunch and Bill Tinsley. 
both who are members of this church, who sought to do all the good that they can in all the times that they could through a place that many of you probably know, Bonnet Springs Park. We're thankful. I heard a gasp from a little one. (laughs) We are thankful for their vision, for the gift of ministry that this park is to this community. So as we mentioned, as they mentioned in the video, we are particularly thankful for the place that they chose for Bonnet Springs Park. So this place, prior to it becoming Bonnet Springs, was an abandoned, polluted rail yard on a large parcel of land that for many years no one knew what quite to do with or how to tackle. In fact, it was creating this Barrier and environmental problems in a neighboring community where many folks of color in our neighborhood and our community lived. But what I love about this project is all throughout it, they chose to have this partnership with that community, a partnership that we as a church are continuing today, and Forrest is a big part of that. Thank you, Forrest. Through our Engage Lakeland partnership to make sure that this is a partnership and a gift to that community and really the community of Lakeland as as a whole. Through every step of the process, they made sure to take care, to clean up the polluted land, to gently and work with dignity with any persons experiencing homelessness or poverty in that area and leave a world-class park in its place. Again, every step of the process was sought to be done with love and with care and with grace. And so when I look at this land, I think of now, who knows what legacy this will leave for the families who experience this park with the kids who grow up having this free resource in their background. We don't know what future may lie ahead for the children who laugh and play and grow in this place. Let's watch this video together. When we first started this project, Bill Tinsley and Barney Barnett and I would walk over this or ride over it and, uh, and number one, be amazed that after 150 years of life of this city, we had 200 acres in the middle of it to work with. That is the genius and the miracle of this whole thing is we had a place to do it. But it had been sitting here for 40 years uh, after the railroad left. In those early years, it was a rough place. It was a place that was a challenge to um, to all of our, our uh, civil service units, the fire department, police department were challenged with this location being abandoned and so large. Uh, it impacted the, the and challenged all of the neighborhoods that surround the park. It was very apparent that the Northwest community, that isolation was a barrier. Uh, we were very familiar with this property. We'd looked at it, our team had, and we knew that it had challenges, lots of challenges, but it was the right place to reconnect and bring families together, which is our ultimate goal. Many of our church members, the families in our churches have supported this park from the first day and to continue to support it so that it can remain free to the public because they embrace the idea that we're bringing families into this space We're creating a connectivity of the community, and we're embracing and building a bridge in the community that no other asset could do in this location. We have a wonderful park. We did it right, and we did it in the right place. So I think that demographically, 
socially, any, any way you look at, this is the right place for this park. It has access, it has beauty, it has utilities, it has everything you need, and it's, it's next to the part of town that's been the most underserved since its inception. And so what's not right about it, I guess, is the question. And so what is amazing, as it was alluded to in the video, is that this was a gift of generosity, not seeking to be a tax burden on anyone in the community, but that this park was all entirely privately donated with a mission to stay completely free to the public in perpetuity, to not be a burden on anyone in our community in one of the most underserved areas of our community, as they mentioned. And they have plans in place to make sure that it stays that way, to make sure that they continue to stay in partnership with that northwest area of Lakeland and not be a burden. And that is what it looks like to continue to leave that legacy of generosity. When each of us play our part, whether that's big, whether that's small, what that looks like, when we all come together, that is what a legacy of generosity can do. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for your call and your encouragement to do all the good in all the places and times that we can. May we be encouraged to keep doing all the good we can to leave legacies of your love and your grace in the world. Amen. So, friends, as we go from this place, may we be inspired and encouraged what even small acts of generosity, which may not seem like much, but when we put them together, what they can do. So may we be encouraged and inspired what, when we come together, what sort of legacy for love and for goodness we can leave. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.